Gracious God, we pray this morning as we come to you that you would give us rest. Give us a word this morning that might provide for us a sense of peace so that we might in return be peace in the world. It's in your Son, Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen. Well, so this morning we're continuing our sermon series on rhythm, or better off, out of rhythm, because this time has been exactly that for so many of us. We have spent years forming healthy rhythms for us, hopefully, that sometimes different life events, like having kids or other things, might throw off those rhythms in our lives, but we're usually able to come back into them. This year, we started off our rhythms with our New Year's resolutions, only to be interrupted right before Lent with, or right during Lent, with COVID-19. And since that time, so many of us have been out of rhythm. That's one of the things that people have communicated to me. And yet, we're just feeling like things were coming back into rhythm again. Some of us were able to go to the gym. Some of us might be going out to our favorite restaurants. Some of us might be able to get together in small groups. And then now, all over mainland and then even here in Hawaii, we see the cases spiking. And some of us who have felt this sense of rhythm again for the first time in months are wondering when is it going to be back to normal Well, I hope that during this time, we might press in deeper to the rhythm of Christian life that is more than gathering in person in a building one day during the week, and then perhaps at our small groups or other times that we go. I hope that during this time, we might press into the rhythms of Christian life that have shaped Christians throughout the millennia. And so we've talked about prayer and meditation, we've talked about fasting, about feasting together, and we've talked about care for your body. Well, this morning I want to talk about probably, uh, unarguably, you can't argue this, that it's probably the most consistent rhythm in the entire Bible, and that is the rhythm of rest. The rhythm of Sabbath has been a part of God's intention for us and all of creation since the beginning of creation. The the story of Genesis, one of the stories of the creation narrative, tells us that God creates all things and calls it good, but that the seventh day, the day of rest, of Sabbath, was where the presence of God resided. Our Jewish brothers and sisters would remind us that Sabbath is not just a blip in the midst of the week, but Sabbath is the goal of all of our faith to go towards. It's the goal of all of eternity to find rest with and in God. Sabbath was the image of all things being made right in the world. It was where the Roman oppressors would be uh, put into their place and God's presence would be there with us here on earth as it is in heaven like we pray when we gather on Sunday mornings or like the Lord Jesus taught us to pray on a regular basis with the Lord's Prayer. Sabbath. Sabbath took up the most verbiage in all of those tablets that Moses held up to the Israelites of the Ten uh, Ten Commandments. It's the largest piece of that text is on obeying this holy day. 
And, and, you know, one of the rhythms in our society, there's a book that, um, it's called 24-6, and it is uh, by Matthew Sleeth, and it's all about Sabbath and how we might be able to in- instill it in our lives. And in that book, he talks about how we have to try to live a 24-6 reality in a 24-7 world. That long gone are the days when we had the blue-collar laws where everything would close down on Sundays and that only thing you could do is spend time with families. That our fast-paced society has things open 24-7 and if you ever want to do anything, you can do it whenever you want, except for past 7 o'clock in Kailua Town. But that's a different point. Sabbath used to be ingrained within our society and now so many... uh, cultural impulses drive us to a non-stop pace of life. In fact, that's one of the reasons why even when we are able to gather on Sunday morning, people aren't here in the same way that they used to be uh, back in the 50s or 60s is because they're doing other things on Sundays. You're going to play mini golf or going to the mall or going out to the beach. They're active on all days of the week. And yet God calls us as a, a regular rhythm to rest. In fact, Jesus models this in his ministry. Over and over again in his ministry, he goes from this hard-working, healing, and spending time casting out demons and teaching to going up to the mountainside and telling the disciples to go ahead of him so he might find rest and rejuvenate his soul in the presence of his God. Rest was important for Jesus, and it's important for us. And it's part of what God intends the kingdom of God to look like. But you know what? We are um, United Methodists, and there's a phrase that I um, didn't really get to uh, understand where it came from until I started being a pastor in a United Methodist church, and it's called the Protestant work ethic. Um, And I started realizing that because I was a pastor of mission and evangelism in Chapel Hill, North Carolina after graduating Duke. And I tell you what, it was the first time of being around all of the committee structures of the United Methodist Church. And and there was a committee for everything under the sun. There was a committee for um, the archives of the church, the committee for the foundations of the church, committee for justice and peace, the committee for outreach, the committee for evangelism, the committee for welcome, the committee for the ushers, committee for worship. There were so many committees and people were spending so much time and energy doing the work of the church. They're so busy and they're just working so hard and so faithfully. I really started to understand that Protestant work ethic was just part of our DNA as United Methodists. It's not just that. We're not just about the church and the committees, but then outside of the church, we're busy with helping with thrift shops. We're busy with helping with all sorts of uh, philanthropical ideas and, you know, serving the community, serving the homeless. We're busy people. And so there in that context, when we took a six-week sermon series that talked about rest, it probably got two sermons in where people were like, are we going to talk about something else now? I'm imagining that the same thing would happen here is that if we started talking about rest over and over and over again, we might think to ourselves, that's enough already. but one of the most consistent rhythms in the Bible is that of rest. And you see Jesus talking about that here in the gospel lesson. 
See, just to paint the picture a little bit of what was going on is that Jesus first starts responding to the Pharisees and to John's disciple, John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been thrown in prison, and you know that he was kind of on the outskirts of society and calling people to repentance and to change their ways because the kingdom of God was imminent. It was coming now, and be ready, repent. And when Jesus was baptized, the dove came down, proclaimed that Jesus was God's own son, and, Paul, and John knew without a doubt that this was the Messiah who had come. Except now he was in prison. Except all of the overthrowing of the Roman Empire, all the expectations of what the kingdom would look like, all that hard work that Jesus was supposed to be done was being wasted on sitting around the table with tax collectors and sinners and eating and drinking and fellowshipping. And Jesus reminds John's disciple just before our reading that, in fact, the poor have been coming to hear the good news. In fact, the blind are seen. In fact, the demons have been cast out in his name. And then he turns to the Pharisees, the ones that were looking at Jesus and at John and saying, there are two sides of the extreme. Can't we find the middle? Jesus is eating and doing all the things that are unclean according to the law. And John the Baptist, well, he's just a crazy person. And that's why he's in prison, by the way. And Jesus says to them, no, the kingdom of God has come now. And the the people who felt a great burden can come to me, and then I will give them rest. And we hear this as uh, good old Protestant Methodists, and we got to get busy making the kingdom of God happen, because it's not until the wrongs are righted in society that we can, in fact, rest. But Jesus finds this space to rest amidst the chaos. Um, I'm going to go back into my uh, reservoir of movie collection, so some of you might know this movie, but there's a movie about the kingdom of God that I think is just a beautiful depiction of it, and it's Cool Hand Luke. It's an older movie with Paul Newman, and uh, he plays this character, Luke Jackson, and he ends up going to prison, and he's just a, you know, kind of a doesn't go by the rules that begins by going to jail by cutting off the heads of all of the um, like the parking meters in town, and he ends up going into the jail. And he's there at the jail, and the the scene that reminds me of the kingdom of God the most, I know I'm losing you on this, but the scene that reminds me about the kingdom of God the most is the scene when uh, the guardsmen, the people that were, you know, trying to punish the, crew, uh, the people in prison, tell them they had to pave this entire road. And so the, the scene is that they're shoveling and throwing the gravel on the road, and, and it was just going to be an endless amount of work. And everyone knew it, that they were just going to sit out in the hot sun and have to work the entire day. And then Paul Newman, he decides to make a game of it. And, and so there in the moment, he just starts shoveling and all the other pri- the inmates are you know, trying to figure out what in the world is this guy doing and the guards are trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, all the inmates start doing it. And what was supposed to take them an entire day, they start speeding through that time and they're laughing and they're joking and this was supposed to be punishment and the guards didn't know what to do, but the work was getting done. And then there they finished ahead of schedule this long task that was supposed to take them well into the night. And there's something about that that I think reveals to us the sort of kingdom and the Sabbath rest that Jesus invites us to. 
Because I don't know about you, but during this time when my kids have been at home and I've had all these different tasks that have been put on our plates that we never expected, like we're live streaming and doing technology and doing all these other things now that we weren't doing before. We're working for companies that are having to make new signs and new training and new this and new that. And it's exhausting and the work is never ending and we're all 24-7 trying to get through this. But in the midst of that, Jesus is inviting us to a sense of joy and rest that is not too dissimilar from the joy and the peace that Paul Newman and the gang of inmates were able to find as they were working away. See, because Jesus doesn't follow the Sabbath to the law. doesn't say you can't pick a piece of grain or you can't heal someone in need or you can't spend time enjoying rest with people like the Pharisees has wanted. And Jesus didn't do the Sabbath like the way John the Baptist wanted him to do the Sabbath by overthrowing the Roman Empire and bringing order and the kingdom of God here on earth. He brought the kingdom within this sense of peace and presence, within the sense of this burden being lifted from our shoulders, so that even as we work, God can provide us a sense of peace. Even though the tasks seem endless, that God can, in fact, provide us with rest but are we searching for it? Are we looking to find God's presence and God's rest? I know that I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it when I grab my phone and I start responding to Facebook messages as I'm looking and towards the mountains outside of my house and watching my kids run on the streets and scoot around and do all those things. And then sometimes... I'm reminded, hey, I need to rest. And so I put my phone away and I pay attention to my kids, first of all. But second of all, I find myself looking up to the beauty of the mountains. And they're there. And I grew up in Midwest Minnesota and it is flat as I'll get out. And one of the most majestic things that I can look upon in life is the mountains or the waves crashing upon the shore. And I find this sense of God's presence in those moments. They don't have to be entire days as much as it could be moments that we find ourselves present to the presence of God to give us rest. Or perhaps it's the pressure you feel of having so much on your plate, the anxiety of not being able to be with friends, I don't know what that burden is upon your shoulders, but I know that Jesus is inviting you to Sabbath rest where he would ease those burdens, even amidst them, if we just let him. And that can look like a lot of things. Spending time in nature, spending time in Scripture, spending time in prayer. There's lots of ways we can find rest. Putting down your phone. And I invite you this week to remember that rhythm of rest. And some of us, it's been a struggle because we've been called to rest more than we wanted to during this time. 
So this week, rather than struggling against it and feeling like you need to get back with other people and do all these other things, perhaps find a way amidst the slower pace to enjoy the peace of God's presence. So I'm going to invite the praise band back up uh, because they're going to do a song of response for us. And uh, Sue is going to read a a prayer for us, lead us in our prayers of the people during that song. But as they make their way up, I truly do during this time, and I know that we're on both sides of the pendulum. We have some of the families that are nonstop because kids have been home since March. And we have some of our kapuna that are, you know, been at home since March and been unable to be out about the ways that they wanted to. Jesus is inviting us all to rest in God's presence. So find a way to do that this week. Find a way for God to speak to you anew. Find Sabbath this week. Amen.